Okay, so we're just talking about pickup lines right now because Jasmine's fiance is going to the store while she's recording and she had to remind him that just because everyone else is single doesn't mean he is and so then he uh, told us his pickup lines and please please if you're listening let us know what you think of these pickup lines Jasmine he thinks they're the best what was the first pickup line so what was the first pickup line? Huh? What was the first? Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> see, all right, Ali, wait, like, turn the camera, turn the camera, turn the camera. <laughs> Baby, I feel your life up like my stomach. <laughs> you feel her life up like your stomach. <laughs> yeah, you better not forget to add the part where you say, "And my wife fills up my stomach." Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he he has two pickup lines. So we're going to, very similar. I guess we're going to find out which one we like the best. Now, go with the first one. Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget to do the smack. (laughs) Baby, I fill up your life the way I fill up my stomach. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the other one, what was it? Oh, oh, it was it, uh. Motherfucker's so fat like my stomach. Let's go get a meal ticket. <laughs> Got him! <laughs> you think you're so funny. Got your number down, Jackie. Got your number down. You think she's so funny. Come here. So please DM us on Instagram which one you think is the better pickup line. We will post them on there as well. Oh, by the way, this is an episode of. This is another episode of Spooky State of Mind. Spooky. And we are your hosts. I'm Alex. I'm Jasmine. And welcome back to the shit show. Episode, I lost track, 15. 15. Yeah. That started off very exciting. Now look at us. That's going to be like the height of the episode, and then it's just going to be all downhill from here. We need we need Jazz on the podcast all the time to bring that energy. I know. Maybe we could bring him on the podcast. You and I are just tired all the time. Yeah, you. Get out of here, Buddha belly. No. Anyways, how are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? How was your week? It was good. Um, Yesterday, I went to my parents' house. Because my mom made pupusas. For those of you who don't know, I am my dad's um, Salvadorian. My mom's Mexican. So I'm, you know, a little bit of half and half of that. A third. I don't know what the hell you would say. A half third, and a half. Third, a third. A third of what? A third of a third what? Mexican, a third Salvadorian, a third American. I don't fucking know what I am. Oh, fuck. I know. We're confused. I am confusion. Like, we're too Hispanic to be, like, American, but then we're too American to be Hispanic. You know, like Selena's dad said? In the movie? You gotta be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans. Yeah. I'm so tired. Me too. I've oh. had a long day. I've had a long couple days. I had a long week. Why'd you have a long week? Monday was Memorial Day, so we went to 
friends and they had a barbecue. We were at a pool. That's just a long day taking the kids out. Uh-huh. That was Monday. Tuesday. What did I do Tuesday? I think Tuesday I went to Houston with the girls. Yeah. Tuesday I went to Houston with both the kids because we went to Bye Bye Baby because they're closing. So I wanted to see what stuff they had. And yeah, that was a trip in and of itself just because just traveling two kids. And Houston is about an hour and a half away from me. And I did that drive with, yeah, just because I didn't want to be at home. I didn't want to be at home. So we did card naps and stuff. Wednesday, I had a job interview. Trying to be a working woman again. And so, yeah, that was just really nerve wracking. My heart was pounding the entire time. And then Thursday, I ended up going to the splash pad. When I met up with one of my mom friends and went to the splash pad with the kids. And then on Friday, we went to the playground. And all this time that like when we're home, we're also playing outside all the time. We have a little water table for Quinn and we're just outside all the time. And it keeps the house less messy. That's what I tell myself. And then at the end of the night, I look around and I'm like, shit, it is just as messy. And then today I went back to Houston, but I went by myself because I went shopping. Mm -hmm. So it was a very long week. And I know it doesn't sound like too much, but when you throw two small kids into the mix, it's a lot. And I'm I'm fucking tired. I bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? How was your week? Oh, yeah, so um, I was going to say that yesterday I went to my – I didn't – I started and then oh I went God. into Salvadorian things and then I didn't even finish. And we got so confu- – we got so confusion. Yeah, we did. Oh, <laughs> uh, I see you're listening to Shoddy Bay. Huh? Is that why you said that? No. Oh, okay. So there's this girl on TikTok called Shoddy Bay and she talks like that. And everybody's been, like, copying that. Like, it, it – to the point where they're like, oh, I've adopted it into my vocabulary, which is fine, but I've been hearing everybody doing it. No, so I'm says, old. No, but I don't think she would say Confucian. What was it that you said? Yeah, I am Confucian. It's the the one no, video. It's like from like Vine or take. It's like from yeah. Vine or like something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, why America is this Kansas and this is not our Kansas? I am Confucian. Yeah. No, but yeah. now that I think about it, that's not something she would say. She says like... I don't know, like, what does she I say? I don't even know who like, that is. She, she adds Ness at the end, like, I'm rich Ness. I don't know. She's this girl that went viral on TikTok, and she lives Ooh, in, like... I would like to be richness. Yeah, she says things like, she'll be like, anyways. I don't know what else she says, <laughs> but... Oh, one thing, she says, oh my gatos, and I'm like, oh, that's something I used to say in high school. Oh my, I was like, like, wait, I, like, have heard that before. High school? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're just behind in times where she's from. I think she's like from Michigan or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, always thinking that anywhere that's not California, California. is like a freaking third world state. <laughs> no shade to Michigan. It's just Jasmine no. doesn't think anyone is with the times unless you're in California. Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, Shoddy Bay, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. That girl became like famous and she goes on live a lot. I've seen her videos and I watch them because they're funny, but I don't really know too much. Here I am saying I don't know too much about her, but somehow I know she's from like Michigan or something. And she says, oh my God, those and like, you know, her vocabulary and everything. You know, yeah. watching her. My niece, my niece has been saying that. So, yeah. yeah. 
Anyways, um, pupusas. I went, yeah, I went to my parents yesterday because mommy pupusas. And I came home from work. I got dressed and then I left. I had to put gas beforehand because I was like completely out pretty much. And Are you one of those was- people who like drive on E? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I remember oh one my time God, I was those- driving home. And I and I was on the phone with Jazz, and he was like, "You need to stop doing that. You need to put gas." I was like, "I'm fine. Look, it says seven miles, and the gas station's right down the street." And while I'm waiting at the light, I look, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, it says zero miles. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to push my car." I was like really freaked out, <laughs> just like that, like snap of a finger, it went from seven miles to zero, and I was like, "Holy shit!" So I try not to let it get that bad. But, like, you know when you have enough where you're like, I really should put gas, but I'll make it to work. And then on my way out of work, I'll put gas. And so. But then you're so tired. So you're like, I'll make it home. And then I'll just put gas tomorrow morning. Well, I do usually go. I'll go to Sam's Club because it's like two exits before where I live. But by the time I do all of that, my gas light does turn on. Anywho, that's not even. Let me get to my damn story. So I went to go put gas. And. I know that there's, like, a lot of scams that happen at gas stations where people will put, like, a another card reader on top of the original card reader at the pump. Yes. Or they even do it to the ones inside the gas station. Yeah. Like 7-Eleven or wherever. Luckily, I've never been a victim of that. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, my sister has a few times, like, where she'll use her card and they steal her info. And so I've never had that happen to me. But yesterday I went to the gas station. I put my card in. And the screen popped up, like the normal screen that the gas stations have. It's a blue screen, and then the font is all skinny, and it says, like, enter your pin. So I was at like, Sam's? okay. No, no, this, actually, sorry, this was not at Sam's. This was at a different gas station. Oh, okay. That's what I get for not going to Sam's. Um, Always go to Sam's or Costco. I go to, I do Costco. Yeah, I do Sam's. But, um, yeah, so I go, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I put my pin and in the time, because sometimes it takes a few seconds to, like, process, I look away, and I'm just looking at the street, like, just looking for, like, three seconds. And when I look back at the screen, the background is white, and it says in, like, big, like, block, bold letters, like, capital letters, enter your PIN. And I was like, huh? I just entered my PIN. But it was, like, so sudden that anybody, like, if you're on the phone or if you're thinking about something, like... You wouldn't even think twice about it. You'd be like, didn't I just enter my pin? Like, and you would doubt yourself, you know? Uh So I was just like, no, I just entered my pin. And I was like, that's weird. And the screen was not the same as the first time. So I took my card out and I canceled it. And I looked at it and I was like, hmm, I really should go to the front. But I was like, let me just try it again. Me being all nosy. So I entered my card again. And again, it said, enter your pin. But it looked like the gas station asking me, not like the bold letters. So I entered my pin and that was it. It didn't ask me again. Huh? So I was like, what the hell? It didn't ask for my zip code. I'm pretty sure it wasn't my fucking zip code. I went to the front and I told the guy and he was like, it probably asked for your zip code. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it said pin. Like every time that I go, it's like so automatic. Debit. It's always a debit option. I never hit credit. I don't do my zip code because I never know which is the zip code that I have. Yeah. I was trying to tell the guy and he was like, right away, he looked, sorry, 
I'm gonna be fucking rude, but right away he looks stupid as hell. Like <laughs> I just knew, like I was like, this guy will not give a fuck. Like I could just see stupid written all over his face. So I'm telling him, and he was like, you probably put your zip code. I'm like, no, I didn't, because when I did it the second time, it worked. Don't you think it would have asked all over again? Like, the Mm -hmm. same thing would have happened? And so I was like, look, dude, I'm just trying to tell you, because if I'm telling you, somebody else is going to come up and tell you later. And the last thing you want is for people's card info to get stolen here at your gas station, and then you have to take the heat. Yeah. Not everybody's gonna, like, I was, like, stern because the way that he wasn't, like, oh, let me go look. Like, that's weird. The way that he was just so, like, careless Nonchalant about it, about it. Yeah, it made me, like, upset a little bit, and I was just stern with him. Normally, I'm, like, super chill. I mean, I've been in the customer service industry. I know how to fucking talk to employees, but I told him, like, not everybody's like me. You're gonna catch somebody wrong, and then you're gonna have to deal with them, but all right. Bet if you don't care, that's fine. I'm just telling you. And I walked away. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what the hell that was about. And I said I was going to call today and then I forgot. Is your bank info all good though? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, I'm glad I noticed and I didn't put it the second time. I have no idea. I don't know well, if that's normal. Like, well, no, because like also, even if it was your zip code, why would I ask for your PIN and then your zip code? Zip code is for credit. Exactly correct. And then it's just, it might just say that it's incorrect. And then it's going to say, go see register or whatever. Yeah. Register or like go see cashier. Or yeah. Go so I was the like, yeah. mm, mm, I've been driving for 10 years and pumping my own gas for mm. 10 years. And I've never seen this before. So I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I've never worked at a gas station. So maybe that was normal, but I have never. You dated a guy who owned that. I sure a gas fucking station. did. I sure fucking did. <laughs> Should have texted him and be like, "Hell so, no, I don't have normal? his number." <laughs> he is married, I think. Uh, no. Oh, good yeah. for him. Yeah. <laughs> that was in our early twenties. Because yeah. I don't think Gary and I were even engaged. When I met him. I don't think so. Mm-mm, I don't think we were engaged. I, I think we were just yeah, dating. No, because I was living. We, no, I was already living out in Tustin. When I met him, yeah. you were in Dustin, but it was soon. It was oh, you it might engaged. have just maybe it was engaged. gotten married because I met. We met at the beginning of the year. No, I wasn't married. We weren't married yet for sure because when we were married, you went to my wedding single. I did. You did because then William's birthday party was like two months after my wedding, and Jazz dropped you off. I think I met him the year you got married, but I met him. In like yes. January. Oh, and yeah. he was there for your yeah. birthday that year. Yep. I remember. Because you got married and then the pandemic happened yeah. right after, no? So yeah. then I met Jazz. Yeah. Seriously. Wow, time flies. The timeline is so like out of whack. Like, I was damn. lost for a minute there. Time fly. And yeah, literally, I think he got married like during the pandemic. It really it really oh, felt wow. like oh, I wow. just dated you less than like a year ago and you're already married. Like, okay. Well, sometimes when you know, you know. I mean, it could have been that. Yeah, I knew very early on with Gare Mm -hmm. that I wanted to marry him. I I knew we were going to get married. I think I need to. I just, you know me. I'm not really like a romantic, lovey-dovey person. (laughs) Well, neither am I. Neither of us are. 
But when he would talk about marriage, yeah. it didn't bother me. He would he talked about yeah. it really early on. I mean, for crying out loud, he bought my ring when we knew each other for six months. Yeah. No, there are people who get married after like exactly six weeks, and they're still and they're like still together for like mm-hmm. after years and years and years. And I also think quantity. that as you get older, you're kind of able to tell a lot faster, like if somebody is for mm-hmm. you, because. Yeah. For me, I think if I knew an older couple and they got married right away, it wouldn't be weird because it's like, well, you're already older. Like, you know what you want. Yeah. Not us over here, relationship mm-hmm. podcast. But don't take relationship advice from us. Don't do it. <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't. But, anyways, should we jump yeah. into the episode? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Or how my kid says oh, it. Oh, she does. Yeah. 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 Oh my god, you just ask her. You want yeah. You want yeah. Yeah. You didn't even let me finish. You didn't even like comprehend what I said. No. You just said yeah. She you say you want and she's like, yeah. And then you show her something and she's like, no, 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 no. Until you show her what she actually wants, and then she's like, Yeah. She's a little Miss well, Sassy Pants. I wonder who she gets that from. I don't know. It's probably yeah, from her right. dad. Yeah, right. Has Gary ever raised his voice at you? Nobody shushed me once. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. So, yes. Why do I <laughs> so, feel like, like it's so common? Like, it's okay when you hear those stories. They make me laugh. And I'm like, oh, I would be so embarrassed. No, okay. So, that's how it happened. We were at dinner for our... It was during, like, Thanksgiving time when we were back home. And so we went out to dinner for our anniversary because our anniversary is right around Thanksgiving. And so we just left Quinn with my parents. We went out for a nice dinner. I was very pregnant with Sam. So I wasn't drinking and I I was driving. So Gary had, you know, he had a a good amount. But he's, he's, yeah, enough to feel it. But he's a big guy, you know, so he can, he can drink a lot. And I was just talking and I have this thing where I talk over people sometimes just because I'm so loud and just I just I, I don't realize I'm doing it and he literally puts his hand out and goes shh, 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 wait, 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 shh, shh, to me and I'm just like oh, oh, oh. I was like dude I'm like this is how I know you're feeling good because you just shushed me and he's like and he just started laughing and I'm like oh my god you fucking <laughs> shushed me you shushed, you, you shushed me so he has never raised his voice at me, but he has shushed me. He that's, does have some sass. That's good that he's never raised his voice at you. <laughs> yeah, no, he is, I think, the most, like, passive person. Passive, chill, laid-back person I've ever met. So, no, Quinn does not get her Jazz sass Jazz is him. very reactive. I'm the loud one, but if I start mm-hmm. to get loud, he will too. But that's okay. It's okay. This, yeah. Whatever works. Last week on yeah. Saturday, his friends came over. And I don't know what the heck. They brought like the big ass bottle of vodka that you can get at Costco. Like the Kirkland one. Mm-hmm. I had like one drink yeah. and I was feeling that shit. I'm like, damn, what the hell? Maybe, your fun I size. don't know. But I drank two drinks and I was out. I'm like, okay, that's enough for me. And I was being loud as fuck. If I'm loud, just natural, like normal, like this, <laughs> when I've been drinking, damn, dude, I'm even louder. Hey, remember that one time that we were drinking uh-huh. at my house uh-huh. and you slept over? <laughs> we're not going to talk about that right now. Okay? No. No? 
So you, you don't remember cuddling <laughs> me at three in the morning? Apparently, I like to cuddle when I've been drinking. Well, yeah, because like you were cuddling me and you were like, you were patting me and singing, wouldn't it be nice if we were older? And I remember at my bachelorette party oh, after we had God. all been drinking, you like, I just met Jen. that girl too. You I just, just met her, met like, her. The, that day or the day before. That day. Oh, yeah, it was God. that day. She said I cuddled her all night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So you're Pretty a loud much. cuddler. How embarrassing. Yep. Oh, Lord. I should invite her to my wedding. It's okay. <laughs> you really should. She's a grand old time. She's a grand old time. Anyways. This so this episode, week. <laughs> we wanted to go a little bit more recent days. Is that what you would say? Take it away. So recent times. Yeah, so this week we decided to switch things up a little, and since oftentimes real life is spookier than the paranormal, even though I totally think the paranormal paranormal is real too, this is just a proven account where, you know, like crimes have been committed, and in case you haven't figured it out, we're doing a true crime episode. I don't know how it's going to go for us, but that's okay. Yeah, we're doing a true crime episode. And for me, true crime is, like I say that, I'm like, I wonder how we're going to do. Because for me, it's so hard because many of these cases are so nuanced. And oftentimes, things aren't black and white. And, you know, I might pick a side and stick to my guns on it. But that doesn't mean that there aren't a ton of gray areas that really complicate things. And that's definitely the case with my topic for today. And I will be talking about the death of Conrad Roy. And if you haven't heard of this, the two main parties involved are obviously the late Conrad Roy and his girlfriend at the time, Michelle Carter, who was tried with involuntary manslaughter due to her involvement in his death, where she texted and talked with him over the phone, basically telling him to kill himself. If that does sound familiar, it's because the trial got so much media attention And there's a drama series surrounding the events on Hulu named The Girl from Plainville. And there's a mini docuseries on HBO Max titled I Love You, Now Die. Like Massachusetts Commonwealth versus Michelle Carter. And I haven't watched the show on Hulu, but I did watch the documentary. And let me just say, it's so good. It really encapsulates both sides while staying in my opinion, very neutral and very respectful to everyone involved. And it goes through the trial and focuses on both the prosecution and the defense. And so before I jump in, I do want to give some trigger warnings that I probably should have given a little sooner. And I will be talking about suicide and suicidal ideation, mental health issues, and brief domestic violence and a little sexual assault. So... For a quick backstory, Michelle and Conrad met in Florida in 2012 while they were each visiting relatives and they were quickly drawn to each other. They only lived about 35 miles from each other, but over the course of their two-year relationship, they only saw each other about five times. However, they did exchange thousands of texts and emails. I know it's not the same as seeing someone in person, but I feel as though we live in a day and age where our phones are literally an extension of us. And this was the case with these two. They were always together, though, virtually. 
in the documentary, they do show multiple texts that show how intense their relationship was and quite honestly, how volatile and toxic as well. And that was just a quick backstory on how they met and the nature of their relationship. But now I want to jump forward to his death and then I'll be jumping back to their history to hopefully make sense of what occurred. Ultimately, Conrad Roy III was only 18 when he completed suicide by poison with carbon monoxide in his truck. Regardless of what you believe happened and the legal outcome of the situation, I feel like there's no justice because it's just a lose-lose. There's nothing but sorrow attached to this case, and I just want to preface that, preface the rest of my story with this. It's just, it's just heartbreaking all around. And so leading up to his suicide, there were numerous texts and calls between him and Michelle where she instructs him to essentially finish what he started and kill himself. However, it is so much more nuanced than that explanation. Michelle was indicted on a court on account of involuntary manslaughter in February of 2015 and trial began in June 2017. And that's where all the messages come to light. And we really see the toxicity of their relationship and both of their struggles with mental health. The prosecution argued that Michelle was the reason he took his own life, while Michelle's team argued that it could not be proven for basically two reasons. The first was that Conrad had previously attempted suicide and him contemplating it was all on him and of his own free will. The second piggybacks off of that in that Michelle did no wrong because their conversations were all digital and she was at no fault at Conrad getting back into his truck. And I do say getting back into his truck because allegedly he got out of his truck and Michelle instructed him to get back in to finish what he started. A few days leading up to his suicide, Michelle was encouraging him to do it and provided different methods on how to do it as well as consistently asking when he was actually going to do it. A few weeks after his death, there are texts between Michelle and a classmate where she is expressing remorse and saying that she could have stopped him and she told him to get back in the car. Taken at face value, she had a lot to do with his death and one could argue that Because he was depressed, not in the correct headspace, she was what pushed him over the edge. And this is essentially what the prosecution was arguing, that Michelle Carter acted recklessly and as a result, Conrad was dead. And so I did mention, however, that this case is so much more nuanced. And Conrad suffered greatly from depression and social anxiety and like I mentioned before, had previously attempted suicide and one time was after his parents' messy divorce. And in the documentary, his mother does acknowledge that he took it extremely hard and it had great repercussions on his mental health. It's also mentioned that the divorce was violent and unfortunately that violence did extend to Conrad. So he didn't have an easy home life either. He does say in some videos that his mom is wonderful and his dad is relatively great, but that still doesn't negate the fact that he still had it hard. And he also attempted suicide two other times, and both times Michelle Carter was there trying to talk him out of it and imploring him to seek professional help. However, Conrad had been seeing multiple professionals, and he was even hospitalized after the acetaminophen overdose, and he was also taking prescription medication. 
So right off the bat, you can see that Conrad was very troubled and he had even made multiple videos talking about his feelings and expressing himself. And if you watch the documentary, you can see some some clips of it. And he was so troubled and he knew it. And so did Michelle. Wow. Mm-hmm. It really seemed like Michelle was the one person who Conrad was unapologetically himself around. He would say things like, fuck you to her. And he would either be, and she would either be like, oh my God, why? Or okay. With like winky faces or in other messages, he'd be calling her a bitch and she would kind of just take it, trying to figure out what was going on with Conrad. And you can see this playful fighting and messages, but where's the line between joking and abuse? When you see those messages, I mean, yes, they are taken out of context for the documentary, but I can say, at least in my experience, just joking around, I still don't talk to Gare that way. I don't call him names. Even when we're fighting or arguing and getting heated, there's never been that... That line has never That's been crossed. Good. Don't cross it. So yeah, as I mentioned, you know, where's that line? And it goes from messages like that to telling each other that they love each other. And at one point, Conrad says they're like Romeo and Juliet, and that's how they should act. And Michelle thinks it's cute and romantic until she realizes they both die at the end. And she's like, hell no, we are not dying. Because that's exactly what Conrad was insinuating. He was saying things like, oh, we should be like Romeo and Juliet. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. I'll be your Juliet. And he's like, yeah, but you know how they end up, right? And then she's like, oh, hell no, we're not dying. Wow. So, you know, he has this tendency for like suicidal ideation. I get it. Things are taken out of context and things are made to be more dramatic for, you know, the documentaries and things. But from these short bursts of text, you can see how intense their relationship was and quite frankly, pretty volatile however michelle was always there for conrad and watched him get help but at the end she was the driving force that made him complete suicide that's essentially what the prosecution was arguing she was a keystone person in his life and if she hadn't acted recklessly with criminal intent he would still be there but where is that disconnect You know, the prosecution is portraying her as, and the media as well, Michelle is portrayed as someone who was always there for him and then a total black widow because once she was close enough, she essentially killed him. And for what? She was the grieving girlfriend. She was the grieving partner. She liked all the attention that she got at the end. That's how she was depicted as someone who loved the attention of being the grieving girlfriend. But if she was always there for him and then suddenly was telling him to kill himself, you know, where's that disconnect? Why was there a sudden shift? And then, so in comes the defense to try to bridge these gaps and prove that it was Conrad who made the decision himself and the outcome would have been the same even if Michelle weren't there. Conrad dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression, but... So did Michelle, as well as an eating disorder. And Michelle was also very troubled and medicated. She was always lying to her classmates who she could never get to hang out with her. 
as much as she tried, she didn't have many friends. You know, she had Conrad. She didn't have friends back home. She had acquaintances and they'd be friends at school, but they never hung out outside of school. And some of the lies that she would tell them would be little white lies, like saying she had done some things and then saying that she hadn't. And then being like, oh, I don't remember saying that. Ha ha. But they're all major red flag. I don't like when people are like that. Mm hmm. But some of her lies cross that white line threshold, such as her saying that she had slept with Conrad and another time saying she hadn't. And then another time saying that he had graped her. She is spinning all of these stories. Obviously, one of those is true. How do you lie about something like that? How do you lie about sleeping with someone and then saying that you've never done that? Which one is true? I don't know. Some people are like that. They're just like ashamed. Like, Yeah, Michelle was definitely obsessed with her image and how she wanted to come across because she, I feel like she wanted all of these friends mm-hmm. that she didn't have. So Michelle was clearly very troubled. And one of the arguments used was that she was not at fault because she was involuntarily intoxicated, which in layman's terms means she was jacked up on her meds and she couldn't think straight. And her eating disorder intensified those symptoms and she was so troubled, yet she was still always there for Conrad. So much so up until the very end when he wanted to kill himself one last time and she supported him. The defense argued that because she was so troubled and involuntarily intoxicated, she supported him in taking in the taking of his own life because she truly thought it was the right thing to do. She had always been there for him and this time would be no different. And like, I just, I don't get that. Personally, I don't get that if, yeah, it just, I don't get it. And so the defense's argument was also twofold, as I mentioned earlier. The first was that there was no reckless behavior that she did that caused him to take his own life. And the second being that because everything was virtual, it was not possible for her to coerce him to get back into his truck after he had gotten out. He went back into the toxic environment of his own free will. You know, she wasn't there to push him in. She wasn't there to hold the door closed. She wasn't there to hold like a gun to his head. I'm not sure where you stand. Actually, I think I know where you stand. (laughs) But the judge decided that Conrad prepared for his suicide of his own free will. He got the generator. He researched how to do it. He drove to the parking lot. And he got out of the truck because he was so scared. And that's where his free will stopped. Michelle telling him to get back into the vehicle was the reason he got back in. Her actions were reckless that led to his death. And she may not have physically forced him in, but she was there with him virtually. And she was witnessing a crime and she had a duty to do something about it, but she took advantage of his vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was found guilty. She was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. And there were multiple times when the case was, when they tried to appeal the case and they tried to get it dismissed or something like that because it kind of would set a new precedent for what would be considered a crime because things are done virtually. 
But I feel like we're in a day and age where, yeah, we have to look at the world through a different lens because we're living in a very different world than we were 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, with technology at our fingertips. But yeah, she was ultimately found guilty. And during media coverage, you know, she was portrayed as like this black widow, that she was an evil mastermind. But honestly, I don't think she was an evil mastermind. I do think she was at fault. I do think she was. That is my personal opinion. But I don't think she was an evil mastermind. I don't think she was a black widow like the media portrayed. I think she was troubled. I think she probably still is. You know, she has a lot of trauma to deal with. But unfortunately, so does Conrad's family at her actions. So I definitely agree with the sentence or the guilty verdict. I agree with the two. Mm-hmm. I was t- talking to Gary and I was like, you can have mental health issues. That's fine. But I don't think that should be an excuse to, to push someone over the edge, mm-hmm. you know? And then there were other experts that were on the documentary that I watched saying like, you know, like it's the medication that she was on. Wouldn't have gotten her to act this way, you know? So, Okay, but that's why they say, like, if you're on medication and you experience these side effects, talk to your doctor to find a different option for you. Yeah. And then someone was saying that, like, one of the other, like, psychiatrists on there was saying that she should have never been prescribed the medication that she got because of the warnings that were on it and because of her eating disorder, because it would intensify those symptoms. So... I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a mental health professional, but it's just, I, even though she was troubled, I still think she pushed her over the edge. And, you know, a lot of people were saying that, yes, we're on the same page as us, but other people saying like what she did was morally and ethically wrong, but it wasn't illegal. That's. But for me, like, for, and a lot of people thought that way and still think that way. But for me, if you're hearing someone taking their last breath, why won't you call the cops? Yeah. Why won't you call someone? Why will you pretend like you don't know anything for a few days after or for like a, the day after? Because that's what she was doing. She was pretending like she didn't know where he was. And like texting his sister like, oh, if you find him, let me know. Because he was missing. He drove to the back of a park. He drove to a parking lot. And so if. Yeah. Like what's the end game there? It just makes me think of like. People who bully. Other people. And then the person being bullied. Yeah. Takes their fucking life. And it's like. Oh well you can't blame anyone. It's like. What led them to that? You know. Like, they had to live every fucking day like that. And these schools do nothing. Principals do nothing. It's like, oh, well, there's they're not physically doing anything. Like, what? Do you want somebody to come to you at your work and be like, you bitch ass, can't do nothing good for nothing, motherfucker? Like, you're not going to like that. Oh, but they're just words. Like, can you handle that bitch? No, you fucking cannot. So what makes you think a child or a teenager can handle that fucking bullshit? Yeah, It's like, nobody likes to be yelled at. What fucking makes you think a kid, a mm-hmm. teenager, 
wants to be fucking yelled at. Young adult, anyone. Yeah. Ah, that's upsetting. Yeah, so I agree with the verdict. I I agree with mm-hmm. the verdict. Um, I do too. Yeah, she caused a lot of damage. A lot, a lot of damage that legitimately cannot be fixed, cannot be repaired. So, well, yeah. I 10 out of 10 recommend that the documentary on HBO Max. It is oh, so good. Out. HBO has some good documentaries. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, rest in peace to him. Yes. Uh, I really hope that he found some peace. Because he really he struggled yeah. a lot. Well, I don't even know how to start mine after that. Yeah, how do we transition to yours? Um so what did you do? Well, I wanted to say first of all that it's important that we are nice to people. I am definitely your words. Yeah. Matter. I'm definitely a, a confrontational person. I have no problem with confrontation, getting into an argument, sticking up for what's right. Like I have no problem doing that. And maybe one day I'll get shot for it. Who knows? I don't know, but <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no, but really, like I'm not that type of person, but I do make it a point to try to be nice to people, especially strangers, because it's like, I don't know what you're going through. And if I can just make your life a little bit easier, then I'm going to give you a smile or I'm going to say hello or whatever. So don't be mean. Don't don't be mean to people for no reason. And if you have kids, show them the importance of their words and how they can affect other people. Anyways. Not to make this a damn lecture. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about a case that unfortunately has seen no arrests. I guess you can say it's still open because the family is still trying to do something about it. But this this case is a little bit difficult because it took place out of the country. And it was... But the person was American. So anyways, um, we're going to be talking about the case of Shanquella Robinson. This is very recent, actually. It's um, October of 2022. So what is that? Uh, Seven months ago? It's still very fresh. It hasn't even been a year since this happened. So I remember all the all of it blowing up on TikTok. Yeah, I know. TikTok. I know. Right. But um, yeah, news, current events go to TikTok. Yeah. So Shanquella was a 25 year old woman from Charlotte, North Carolina. She was um, a social media personality, a model, and a proud business owner of the Exquisite Kids & Co. Hair Salon, where she would braid kids' hair and show them ways to take care of their hair and all that, you know. And she also owned the Exquisite Boutique Women's Clothing Store. In October of 2022, Shanquilla and six of her friends planned a short vacation to Mexico to celebrate one of their birthdays. So the day that they were to take off was October 28, 2022. So out of the six of those people she was going with uh, was Khalil Cook, who was her best friend. She had known him for a very long time, pretty much all their lives, I think, since they were kids. So he was going to be there. And I believe out of besides him, she did know a couple of the other people. And then the other half, she didn't know very well. So her and Khalil was, were so close that he was actually invited to family events that Shanquilla held. 
her family knew who he was. And that's how you know that's, you know, your friend right there when your family knows them and invites them to things. That's how you know that's your friend right there. Well, at least he was supposed to be her friend. So because he was going to be there and her family knew him, it made them feel a little bit more comfortable with her going on this trip. Although she was, I mean, she's 25. It does not matter how old you're going to be. Your parents will always worry about you, especially when it comes to you going somewhere far, whether it's out of state or out of the country. Your parents are going to worry. Um, and especially when you're going with a group of people. So knowing that Khalil was going to be there helped ease some worry. So the morning that they were scheduled to leave, Shanquilla spoke to her mom. And her mom said that she sounded happy. She expressed excitement about the trip. Uh, she had been needing this for a long time. So her mom wished her well. And, and Shanquilla told her that she would call her the very next day. Sadly, that was the last time that her mother spoke to Shanquilla. The first night in Mexico... Shanquella posted a story to her Instagram that was taken on, beh on behalf of Khalil. So this video did end up going viral because it was in her story and someone probably screenshotted that video or whatever. And it's literally just Khalil just recording the area that they were in. The hotel that they had gotten was a villa. So it was really big. It, it could fit a lot of people in there and they were all staying there in their own individual bedroom. So he's recording and you see Shanquilla sleeping on, uh, I believe, the couch. So he's recording her and she's asleep. It was confirmed that she was asleep. And he just says, oh, we got we got our first body, which is a little bit creepy seeing as to what happened the very next day. Yeah, right. Um, so the next day, her and her friends decided that they were going to go swimming that day. It's speculated if they were going to go actual swimming or if they were going to go skinny dipping. Nobody really knows, but the point is they were going to go swimming. So Shanquilla goes to get dressed and she's recording a Snapchat where she's going room to room and she's looking for her friends. And in the video, you hear her saying like, oh, it doesn't take that long to get naked. And she's looking through the rooms and then she says it louder like, all right, y'all, it doesn't take that long to get naked, you know, and she finally finds them all huddled together in one bedroom and they're all still fully clothed like they weren't even getting ready to go swimming and some people even say that the energy seemed to shift the moment she walked in the room. So you know those moments when you walk in and you there's a group of people and you just know they were talking about you and you walked in or they're talk yeah you feel or it. they're talking about you just know. Yep. Or they're talking about something that they don't want you to know about. And you're just like, clearly I'm not welcomed here. So in that video, a lot of people said they get those vibes. I saw it myself. And yeah, I, I can see one girl kind of look up. And it's a little bit weird. Um, like, what the hell are you guys doing? You said we were going to go swimming. And y'all are huddled over here just still dressed. So as the day progresses, later that day, Khalil calls her parents and lets them know that Shanquella wasn't feeling good. So naturally, they start to worry. They're like, okay, what's going on with our baby girl? Like, our daughter's in a different country, let alone a country that doesn't speak English. Like, English is not the first language. They trust that Khalil's going to take care of her. That's her friend. They've been friends for a long time. Why wouldn't he? So that kind of puts them at ease. So this is around 2 p.m. Mexico time. So North Carolina... 
what would that be? How much difference is that? Um, where in Mexico? San Lucas or where the heck was it? I didn't write it. I think it was Cabo. Cabo? Yeah. Cabo San Lucas? Three hours, I want to say. Yeah. So Cabo is in a Pacific. Oh, yeah. Time. You're right. It is three yeah. hours. I was thinking three four, but. Yeah, it's the same time zone. As- You're right. It is the same time zone. Anyways, so it's two o'clock mm-hmm. there, meaning in North Carolina, it's five o'clock. But anywho, so he tells them, like, don't worry. We called the doctor. Everything will be okay. Literally, like, an hour later or something like that, he calls them back. And he just tells them in a mono, like, no emotion in his voice. He doesn't even sound sorry. He doesn't sound sad or anything. He calls and just tells them, hey, she died of alcohol poisoning. Right away, her parents were like, what? Like, that's really suspicious. Because really, how much does a person need to drink to get alcohol poisoning? Like, think of all the times that you have been blackout drunk. Think about how much alcohol you drank. Now add so much more on top of that to land in the freaking hospital. Like, for alcohol poisoning. Yeah, I knew mm-hmm. a few people who went to the so I, alcohol poisoning. Yeah, exactly. So lot. they were super suspicious. They they were like, our daughter's not a drinker. Like, she doesn't really drink that way. She can handle her liquor. She can control herself. How much freaking alcohol does she drink that it's only 2 p.m. and she has alcohol poisoning? I kind of feel like parents know what kind of kids they have. And I feel like if they were like, well, our daughter was an alcoholic and she loved to drink. Like, you know? But that wasn't their reaction. They were like, mm, no, not always. You know, you can always hide it. Not saying that she was. Oh, my God. No, not saying that. But it's you're right. You, you can you can. It. But I don't know. I just feel like. Can you hear the wind? Yeah, it's so windy here. It's it's really cool. It's it sounds really spooky right now. So if oh, my computer goes okay. out, that's why. Yeah, it. it I feel like if you try, um, if you try hard enough, you can hide those kind of things. But I also think that it's really not that easy. You you notice behaviors. So I think that's kind of where her, like, that's how I imagine a reaction would be. Kind of like, well, our daughter does drink a lot. But no, they were like, no, she doesn't even drink like that. How the hell does she get alcohol poisoning? So, yeah, of course, they're worried about what the hell just happened. So I did see it was reported that a concierge that checked them. I think they checked them in and then probably checked them out. He told them like, oh, my my condolences. I'm sorry for, you know, your loss. He told one of the friends. The concierge said that she didn't even look sad or worried like he walked away to give them some privacy in the villa and he said that within minutes they were laughing they were laughing together like nothing happened and apparently later they asked him like hey like where can we go for dinner they went to have freaking dinner and when their friend just died or were planning on it or something the timeline's a little bit weird because this is a case of a lot of this is a case of he said she said and the truth. And it happened in a whole freaking different country. You know? So it's like, there you're not really going to find somebody that speaks English who's going to be able to translate it to the T. Or if they write down the notes, maybe they're not. It's just, it's a lot of speculation within 
this case. So anyways, soon after their friend died, they all packed their bags. They packed their bags in a rush. They even packed Shanquilla's bag. And they found tickets right away and literally were gone. We're back in the States less than a day later. How the heck do you leave your friend, your deceased friend, her body, you just leave it behind and do nothing to help her family? That to me is just very suspicious. So anyways, that's very shady. mm -hmm. So literally when they came back, every single one of those goddamn friends went to her parents' house to try to explain themselves. I feel like there's nothing like, it's like, get a person to talk and they will eventually tell on themselves type of situation. Because every single one of them stopped by separately. None of them looked sorry. None of them looked sad. They all were just, oh, hey, like this happened. Well, why are you there telling them? Like, I don't know. They weren't like together, like saying, we're so sorry for what happened to your daughter. Like they weren't reacting the way that you imagine friends would react, especially when they were involved. Like they were there when she passed. Um, Khalil showed up and was like, here's her bag. And they said that the bag was, had been packed like quick. It was not organized. They just threw all her shit in there and were like, here's her bag. Like that belongs to you now. Um, so as they, as each of the friends gave their story, there was literally just one thing of the whole story that coincided with every single one of them. And that was that she had died of alcohol poisoning. Besides that, there were some normal irregularities within the story. For example, when it came to who called the doctor, one of them said it was the maid. Somebody else said it was the concierge. Someone else said that it was a neighboring uh, hotel visitor. And then another person said that it was somebody in the group. So it was just like, who the fuck called the doctor? They didn't say. Another thing was where her body was when she passed. Like when this happened, somebody said she was in bed. Someone else on the couch, in the bathroom, on the floor. Like these are such minor little things. Why can't anybody get it straight? So her parents were just like distraught, of course. Her daughter, their daughter just passed. Their friends are not cooperating. They fucking left her body in a different country. Have no idea what the hell is going on. It was just, it was bad. So apparently a couple of, a few days after that. Now this, I couldn't really like find. So I don't know if this was true, but they apparently her parents received an anonymous phone call saying that her daughter didn't die of alcohol poisoning. She was died. She she was died. (laughs) She had actually been beaten. And that was part of the reason why she died. So her parents spent, you know, the next couple of days calling the Mexican, like, authorities or whoever you get in contact with out there. And they tried for a couple of days before they finally were able to get somebody that spoke English. Everybody spoke Spanish and obviously her parents didn't speak Spanish. So eventually they were able to get somebody and they were told that they performed an autopsy and on that they had performed an autopsy on Shanquella and some shocking news had been discovered. So while her friends tried to say and make everybody believe that she had died from alcohol poisoning, 
the autopsy revealed that she had in fact died of a severe spinal cord injury. So apparently her neck had been broken and her spine had a crack in it. Oh, jeez. Not only that, her body was in really bad shape. Her arms were covered in scratches and bruises. Her right leg and her lower abdomen were covered in abrasions. Apparently there was traces of vomit in her throat. It was just... There was a physical attack. It was a physical attack on her. Unfortunately, the United States does not agree. They say that she did not have a spinal injury, but she had a... Hopefully I say this right. I forgot to look it up. She had a hypoxic ischemic ischemic brain injury, meaning there was so a lack of oxygen to her brain. So it was still like a brain injury, but it wasn't her spine. It was something like there was no oxygen getting to her brain and that caused her to die. The story of the doctor getting there is kind of all over the place. Apparently, when Khalil called her parents at 2, the doctor was called at about 2.15 and he showed up at 3.15. Her friends did not, and I say friends very loosely, like it's six of them and then they don't, I'm not going to, well, I should say their names so we all know who they are, but in this sense, they were supposed to be her friends. They didn't express to the doctor how serious her injuries were. So he didn't show up quickly. He took his time to get there because he just thought, oh, somebody who drank too much. Like, okay. Or I don't know, whatever they told him. He took his time to get there and he got there at 3.15. Apparently through Wait, a walk. 3.15 or 2.15? He showed up. They called him at 2.15. He showed up at 3.15. Got it. So an hour after he had been called. Well, apparently she was in really bad shape and he had put like an IV in her he had to give her, I don't know, medical terms. It said 14 something. I don't know, 14 of what? Oh, I can't find it anymore. Damn it. Point is, he had been trying to take care of her. He gave her an IV because he said that she was very dehydrated. So remember, Khalil said that she had died. But the doctor said, no, when I got here, she was alive. Like, I tried to perform what I could to keep her alive And he told her friends all this, like, we need to take her to the hospital. And they said no. They didn't want her to go to the ER. Oh, it's too expensive or whatever, which is stupid because you're in Mexico. Like, it's not going to be that much more expensive. Or maybe it is. Who knows? But it's not going to be like out here. Regardless of the price, why wouldn't you take someone to the hospital who needs to go to the hospital? Exactly. So they had... She had a seizure, and I think that that seizure is what caused, obviously, the oxi- the lack of oxygen to her brain. Eventually, almost two hours later, they had to start performing CPR on her. It didn't work. The doctor did everything he could, and her friends refused to get her to a freaking hospital, and she was declared dead at almost 6 p.m. So the stories are way different there. I don't know, but... Her parents found out what the autopsy said. And soon after this, a video started to circulate around social media and quickly went viral. The video showed one of the friends, Dejanay Jackson, fighting Shanquella. So in the video, you can hear Jackson yelling at 
Shanquella to fight. And even, oh, Khalil is telling her, like, oh, why won't you fight? One of the other friends, like, pushes her to, like, encourage her to fight Jackson. And then one of the, because it was two women and then the rest were men, I believe. One of the men was, like, trying to encourage the fight. Like, oh, cat fight. So Khalil's like, why won't you fight? Just fight. And she's like, no, no. Like, she's defeated. She's not fighting back. At one point, she just gets down and she's like hugging her knees and with her head down. And free- Jackson is over here like punching her and kneeing her in the head and just assaulting her. This is a physical attack on her. It is not a fight. It's a freaking attack because Shanquella did not fight back. Her family did confirm like she wasn't a fighter. She didn't like to fight. She didn't like drama. She was not a fighter. She never would have fought back. And to add salt to the freaking wound, Shanquella was naked while this was happening. So it's not confirmed if she was, because you know how earlier I said they were going to go swimming? All this happened, like, literally in that amount of time. They're not sure if she was naked because they were going to go skinny deep dipping or if she was, like, changing into her swimsuit or they got her out of her swimsuit. Point is, she was naked. She was in one of the most vulnerable states that a person can be. And these people, this person attacked her while everybody else watched and allowed the attack. So this investigation is pretty much still open. Uh, In Mexico, it's been closed. They were like, we did our duty. We took a police report, did the autopsy, cleaned everything up. This case is closed. They didn't, the French freaking left, so... What are they going to do? Go claim them and bring them back to Mexico? And they said, we did our duty. Here's all the information that you need. They handed it over to the United States. And of course, the FBI has been involved because this is an American who died out of the country. They were handed all the information and nothing has been done. Apparently, there's not enough evidence to prosecute anybody. And her family has been fighting, uh, even as far as trying to write a letter to Biden I'm pretty sure they did, but they're not doing anything about it. It's been seven months and all all six of these people have gone back to living their normal life, going to work, being with their families, getting to hug their loved ones, laughing and just living their life as if they didn't freaking kill somebody. So to this day, and I would hope so, her family is still fighting, trying to do something about it. But the U.S. authorities just keep failing them over and over. I don't know if it's because, like I said, it happened out of the country and they're kind of like, my hands are tied. But you know what? They fought pretty damn hard for that basketball player that was arrested. Where the hell was she arrested? Because she was she had she was in possession of weed. Is it Russia? Russia. They fought, they fought pretty damn hard to bring her ass back. Which, I mean, I'm happy she's back. But it's like, you guys can't do something like that to bring justice to this person. So it's still out in the air. It's still very possible that some that they will face consequences. What kinds? Who knows? I really feel like I saw somewhere that these freaking people went to her grave and just like... Vandalized it? Did, yeah, vandalized it. 
I'm not sure. But I don't remember if it's her or if I'm confusing her with somebody else. Someone else. So, yeah. But I, I really feel like it was her. Like, somebody, so one of those. Yeah, I didn't know that's what that was. The the rumbling? Yeah. Yeah, it's thunder. It's loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was her. Cause I remember thinking, like, not only do you guys freaking kill her, you went and you pissed on her grave. Mm-hmm. But I tried to find it. I couldn't find anything. So it may not have been Shanquella. It may have been somebody else. But yeah, yeah Khalil, that bastard. I wish you nothing but the worst. Half the and day I, you deserve. Yeah, and then Dejanay Jackson. I really hope you pay for what you did. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you go and attack somebody who's not even like that? They're naked. They're vulnerable. And they don't even want to fight you back. Yeah. Were you, like, nobody, and nobody knows the motive. The, literally, the only thing that you can think of is jealousy. Were they yeah. jealous of her? Because obviously Shanquella was successful. She's 25 years old, is running two businesses. She had like 40, 46,000 followers on one of her accounts. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something to have that many followers. And yeah. it seems like she was very loved. Um, I couldn't find much about her personality and what kind of person she was. But I'm pretty sure she was a great person. Yeah. So... I'm hoping in the future we hear something about this. Hopefully we get some justice for her. Yep. Justice for her. Mm -hmm. So that was my story. I remember your story when it was going viral on TikTok. Yep. I remember when I saw the video, I was like, bro. Uh Uh-huh. I could never. I felt I went down a rabbit hole. I tried to make it a point. Like, I tried to tell myself, like, don't be afraid. To intervene. Like, I know people are like, mind your business. But I'm sorry, dude. If you're fighting in public or making your acting a fool in public, I'm the public. Yeah. I get to fucking get myself involved. Just don't kill me. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, just be nice to each other. It's not hard. Yeah. But it's like the older that, the older we get, I feel like people are kind of like, I'm tired of fighting. Like, you get older, you mature, or you're supposed to mature. So it makes it very easy to just be like on the sidelines and watch these things happen. Yeah, don't be a bystander. Uh-huh. Just yeah, it's you don't want to be a bystander. But anyways, um, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we bid you adieu. <laughs> yep. Au revoir. Sayonara, Capybara. <laughs> See you later, alligator. And a wild crocodile. <laughs> I got nothing more. Then you could do a, like, sayonara. Hasta crocodile. la vista, yeah, but baby. <laughs> and there's, oh my god, we had a game where we were playing, where we were doing this at one of my old jobs. It was like years ago. It was like, see you later, alligator. Um, after a while, crocodile. Sayonara, capybara. Curl up and die, butterfly. Doubt that sewer rat. Oh my god. <laughs> so I <could> morbid. <laughs> I could I'm not that witty to come up with that kind of stuff. I didn't come up with any of them. <laughs> or blow a kiss, jellyfish. Ah, oh, that's that was cute. cute. 
cute, right? That is cute. Yeah. yeah. I just heard that Each one. that so that she can. Well, she knows yeah. how to blow kisses. She knows how to blow kisses. Yeah, but teach her that one. Like, oh, blow her. a kiss, jellyfish. Yeah, that'd be so cute. But she's not my little jellyfish. She's oh, my little kraken. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that and not crackhead. <laughs> oh my god, she's no, my she's little not crackhead. A... No, she's a kraken. It's like that. Um, that sound on TikTok where it's like, "There goes the crackhead that I see each morning." <laughs> No, she's the Kraken in the morning. So what she does is so, okay, so this house used to be carpeted and the doors there, we haven't gotten new doors, but we have hard floors now. So there's like pretty big gaps underneath each door. So in the mornings when she wants to let us know that she's awake, she'll stick her hand underneath the door, grab it and start shaking the door. So we will always say it's like, okay, well, the Kraken's awake. And this oh morning she woke up and she was so calm this morning. We just heard her talking and singing and playing with her toys in her room. And we're like, oh, the Kraken's waking up. Uh, and like Gary was like, she's waking up. And I was like, what do you mean? The Kraken's awake. He's like, no, Quinn's awake. The Kraken's waking up. And I was like, oh, shit, you're so right. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So do you remember like around Quinn's birthday? I wanted to use these Halloween napkins for her birthday because they were spooky themed napkins and I have no idea where they went. Do you remember? I like, we talked about it in like the first episode or the second one, like could not find them. Uh huh. I just found them. Where? In a random bag in the garage. <laughs> Damn. I didn't put them there. So we're pretty sure that like I t- told Kara, I was like, I finally found them. Cause like he had looked for them too. But I don't look in the garage because the garage is not my place. The yeah. garage is Gary's place. That's where he has all of his like tools and stuff in there, you know? But I'm pretty sure that it was probably in one of his like cleaning spurts that he just like got the bag and just put it there and we just forgot about it. But like yeah. I they were in this target bag. And I have seen this target bag every single motherfucking time I do laundry. Cause our washer and dryer is in the garage. You never thought to look in it. I swear I have. I swear I have. took them and put them back. They were just like, yeah, we used them all. Right. And then we washed and dried them and folded them for you back in there. That's funny. Oh, I'm yeah, glad yeah, you yeah. found them. Yeah, so now we have more napkins. Now you can use them this year. Yeah. Let's be spooky year-round because spooky is a state of mind. Yes, it is. Do you see what I did there? I Boom. did. <laughs> All anyway, right. I think that's all we have to say. Yeah, this episode was really hard for me. Yeah, like it was, it was really heavy. Yeah, we'll be back next week with a uh, paranormal. Yep, we yeah. just wanted to do something a little different this time. Uh-huh. So test but the next waters. Time- back to the spooky. Oh, I mean, this one was spooky too. But back to the paranormal. Yep. To the so- paranormal, the witchiness, the folklore. And El Azul and <laughs> Bridesmaids when she's like in the Azul and she's trying to talk in Spanish. Yeah. La, yeah. Para la, la Escuela. La Biblioteca. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of um community. Donde está la biblioteca. Me llamo oh. T-Bone, la araña discoteca. Mm, I don't remember the rest of it. Did you ever watch community? <laughs> no. Oh, it's a good one. Never. 
Take is a that show. a blouse? Oh, it is. Okay. It's a what? I was like, is that a blouse you're wearing? For some reason, I thought at first it was a halter top. Oh, no, it's a tank top. But then I didn't see the front, and I was like, what if she's got, like, the, you know those, like, boob holders that go, like, around oh, her neck? And yeah. But I have such a bad neck that it wouldn't work for me. Oh. I know. I want some. Of, I wanted one, and they're like, don't do this if you have bad neck problems. It's on their website. And I was like, yeah, no, then. Oh, damn. But look how cool it is. It has, like, lacy. Like, my tank top has, like, lace in the back, and it has a skull. And the lace. Oh, it does. I see it. It sure does. Nice. All right. Well, I hope that you all enjoyed this episode and that you have a wonderful week. Join us next time for episode 16. We don't know what we're going to talk about, but you'll find out when you get here. I was going to do that (laughs) after you said episode 16, but you kept talking. Yep. But as always, if you guys have any questions, comments, stories, anything that you want to say, feel free to send us an email at spookystateofmind at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at spookystateofmind. We will be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And and until next time. Stay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And until next. We still can't figure this out. No. (laughs) Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye.